Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's your host, John Scardina. Man, this has been a long time coming. We made an announcement on social media several weeks ago. We've actually interviewed a couple of the people from Indiana. We interviewed uh, Chief Eric Funkhauser. And last week, you've heard from Debbie from Indiana University talking about her perspective. But we actually want to talk to the woman, the myth, the legend herself, who put all this together, who invited the show out, invited myself out to... Uh, their training, their exercise, but all the way back in October, I think it was. It was. And um, just for the sake of the, the recap, uh, a couple months ago, I said, hey, uh, is the invite still open? She said, yes. So I met Jessica, who's on the show with me today, and Jeremy from FEMA out there at the Indiana Full Scale Exercise Operation Lights Out. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me back. And Thank you for coming all the way out to Indiana and sitting across from you in the Applebee's was very surreal, but (laughs) (laughs) it was a fantastic couple of days to introduce you to how we do things here in Indiana and for you to meet some of the folks that I'm just in love with here. I love working and training and exercising with. So thanks for having me. Great group of people. Uh, Like we said, we already interviewed a couple of them just because as I was meeting the, the people in Indiana, highly impressed with their background their passion and what they were trying to accomplish and i said hey how about you come on the show and talk to me about your experiences and so we've already had this great moment where a couple of your people your people indiana people <laughs> indianaites how do you say hoosiers. that hoosiers. oh that would be the correct term yeah what was <laughs> the hoosiers uh, on the show um but just from your perspective putting all the pieces together it, can you walk us through this uh, through our audience, maybe even remind us, because you talked a little bit about it before, mm-hmm. but the three-year plan to implement and train um, in Indiana? Yeah. So what we focus on in Indiana when we do this training and exercise program is we start on a plan. We figure out what are the things that keep most of our emergency managers up at night and what do we all agree on that we want to start planning and exercising and training on and um, a mass whatever that resulted in a logistical staging area and need for something like that is what everybody agreed to that we wanted to focus on for the next couple of years. Um, Next year, now that we're done with this one, we're going to be moving towards operational communications. And I'm not entirely sure what the details of that are, but that's what we're going to be focusing on now that we're done with the logistical staging area. So basically what we did is after we had our integrated preparedness planning workshop with all of our local emergency managers, we all agreed that it was a logistical staging area uh, that we wanted to focus on. We developed a workshop and seminar, came up with a plan, um, brought some subject matter experts in from all across the state to help everyone write a plan. And then we tabletopped that plan last year. And then this year, we full scaled it. So kind of using that, the scenario didn't change. The objectives kind of did because they change as the exercises get, obviously you guys know, bigger. The objectives change a little bit, Uh, but things that we learned in the tabletop are things that we applied to the functional piece that we then applied to the full scale. Yeah, in fact, uh, you, you, as you're talking about full scales, just naming off the in my head the, some of the organizations that were there. In fact, as I was doing that, 
you know, what last time we interviewed you, you were representing the state in mm -hmm. exercise design and you've actually moved over to Indiana University, which shows that collaboration that you have put together. Uh, so you had the you had at least Indiana University, you had the National Guard, I believe you had the Salvation Army there. You had so many different county emergency managers and fire chiefs and, you know, just different people with different backgrounds and perspectives all coming in in this uh, exercise, uh, which was really fun to see. In fact, somebody even brought their command center with them. I believe that was Hamilton County. Yes. And again, just just a, uh, the ability to bring in different resources and people uh, mm -hmm. to test something out that you've been planning for, uh, you know, uh, two, three years now uh, is really fun to see that being put together because there's always nuances. There's always things that that's the, the point of the exercise, right, is to test capabilities right. and uh, to see that come together. So at, as we're thinking about the idea of different parties and perspectives and groups, what were some of the takeaways from the communications aspect of just pulling everybody together from different backgrounds? We trained to some of that, but obviously we can't train to all of it. So there's still a little bit of still trying to sort through it still asking questions and calling some some folks about the actual operational communications from let's say the mac to the lsa location was i'm still unsure about uh, because we also put in a few injects that made communications iffy because the scenario was rolling power outages things are in and out so that was the point of it but i'm almost wondering we're not too far post exercise. I'm almost wondering if it was too inject heavy that I can't keep straight kind of what really happened as because of exercise design or what happened real world in the exercise play, if that makes any sense. So the from day one to day three, there was improvement in each section. So we had the Mac, we had the LSA and then we had the IMT. There was definite improvement from day one to day three. But there's still some missing pieces that I, I can't quite pinpoint exactly how certain things were done. Mm. Um, if it was just a runner, that's cool. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Or if it was missed entirely, I'm not sure. But there was some awesome, awesome improvement in, I would say, all facets of that exercise from day one to day three. Certainly from day one to day two was night and day. Um, yeah. lots of lessons learned and, and the great thing about these emergency managers that are getting pulled in and, and doing all the things is that men, they are quick learners and they, they see a problem and they all know how to fix it in their different ways, but they can come, they really can just come together. Um, and you could tangibly see that by day three. It was like a mwah moment. It was fantastic to see that. Real quick, we're going to pause for this week's Disaster Tough endorsements. How do you spell Doberman Emergency Management? EOP, OEP, HVA, HMP, Thyra, TTX, Drone, PDA. Whenever you need an expert, Doberman Emergency Management field experts are there for support. Contact an expert at DobermanEMG.com today. The L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio solves problems and is specifically designed for emergency services. How do we know? We field tested it with medical, urban search and rescue, and collapse and confined structures. This radio is amazingly tough. Check out the L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio at l3harris.com right now. 
The Readiness Lab is trailblazing disaster readiness. Early access for the highly anticipated course, Emergency Management Response for Dynamic Populations is currently live. Think you have what it takes? Join us in Atlanta for an immersive experience. Space is limited to 40. Go to thereadinesslab.com forward slash training to learn more. Okay, let's jump back in. Well, what was most impressive to me is that like, um, in you talked about the injects versus uh, real world injects, and there was definitely some real world injects. I mean, I could even tell what was happening on day one. A lot of good things happening, but also some real world injects. And what was really great about that is uh, people coming together and doing a quick hot wash of like, okay, like, hey, here's some things that we uh, we couldn't have uh, predicted. How do we uh, apply this to our exercise? How do we keep moving forward? Mm-hmm. And I agree, but day two, it was like night and day. You say night and day. I'd say it jumped up, you know, big time from step one to step two. And I think that's really the, the, the process, you know, going to several, you know, either multi-day or week-long full-scale exercises. It happens like that. People sure. start to get in the mode, and, and as they yep. get more and more into involved, things really dramatically improve. And that's kind of what you hope to happen anyways. Mm-hmm. So great call-out. And in terms of the inject heavy, never be afraid for inject heavy. Real world, especially if it's a type one event, uh, will hit you fast and the injects will be constant. Um, but I, I think the I think maybe what you're getting at is what you're trying to test in your exercise were the injects are either appropriate or timely so that they could be tested on those different things, especially for your LSA. So uh, again, great call outs there. In terms of your after action, you know, you're talking about that process and moving forward within and you're trying to figure this out. What are your next steps of saying, hey, in terms of an AAR, if you're going to be doing an AAR, mm-hmm. uh, what are the things that you what are the metrics that you want to compare to so that you make sure that you do improve? I think the whole program, we're already tracking from how we improve from that tabletop. So there are certain injects, certain objectives, and certain things that we wanted to test from very beginning of the exercise program all the way to the end. And one of those being communications, that operational coordination, because we did bring a whole heck of a lot of things all together. Um, So, but knowing the integrated preparedness plan for the state, and that operational communications is coming down the line. I think we're really going to, I suspect, hone in a lot on, did the backups work the way that they thought that they would? Um, and I don't know that the answer is there was an error in exercise design. I think maybe there's a little bit of training and maybe some, maybe some equipment um, things that can really tackle that so that because I, for this area of the state, that's a big concern that they have is making sure all of these communications work for when typical communications run out. And I'm not quite sure that it really works that way. So yeah. I also don't think that we'll be leaving the LSA behind entirely because the process of how to request those resources and taking it a step further, perhaps they would want to full scale a C pod. You know, we didn't get the chance to do that. That's the, that's the end of the story. That's the rest of the story. We have the things for everybody. Now, what do we do with them? And because of certain constraints, we weren't able to full scale that. 
So maybe that will be something they might want to try and do. A lot of the way that I do the after actions is I just lay it all out there and I let them decide because that's almost immediate buy-in. Once they can understand why certain things are graded, if you want to say a certain way, and here's the path I think we can approach to fix it, you have almost, I don't want to say automatic, but you've got pretty good buy-in uh, for that exercise program in and of itself. So I, I would think that we're probably going to really hone in on communications and maybe even take the LSA a step further. How do we get what we got to the people that need it the most? Well, you, you said a couple of keywords there. Of course, every after action, you said the magical word communication. So if you, if you didn't bring up communications, apparently it's not an after action. But the, <laughs> uh, it's so true, right? The, it is true. Yeah. In terms of the metrics, um, yeah, I, I think you're I think you're hitting on a lot of pistons there when you're talking about buy in. Um, I can't even tell you how many after actions that either we've done or I've heard people doing. And it's like, oh, we do this amazing after action and then nothing changes. Right. Like it's it's an after action. The point of after after actions is solutions and implemented solutions. Mm -hmm. And if we're working towards implemented solutions, um, we could call out everything under the sun. And sometimes I feel like we should. I mean, that, I feel like we have a responsibility. But if that is overwhelming or if that doesn't get us to the point of implemented solutions, at least moving the needle a little bit further then then there's a failure in it and so i think uh, that's the right call out in terms of my uh specific ars and i would like to hear some of yours as well um talk about implemented solutions again i think you have great people there i think there is a, a training opportunity for several of the people either in new roles or uh you know uh historical roles how would i say that that uh you know, the, the field is, is pushing towards more, um, yeah, more skill sets. And so just uh, having those capabilities in-house and say, hey, you know, we have another three-year program here that we're going to put together until our next full scale. Let's put some more training into the, in there to operational communications, for example. Um, that can really help. But I, I also like understanding who has uh, – not just delegations of authority because that word gets thrown around a little bit too loosely sometimes, but uh, who actually, whose job and responsibility is to do it and to, to give, to empower people to do their job. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there was a little bit of that, that um, between day one and day two was definitely increasing uh, for, cause I was there the first two days, obviously for the sake of the audience. And um, I, I think that's an opportunity. Um, there's definitely some, some training, uh, things that as we were going through the exercise, I was thinking, oh man, that ICS EOC course, ah, we should have maybe done more than one of those because we did one, but when we're talking about three years, um, and it not is not usually three years, but thank you, COVID. Right. Um, mm -hmm. that's a long time. And so. I, I do wonder, going back through some of the processes that we put in place for the original time frame, should I not have added a couple of extra opportunities for training? Now, I will say that we did go out to the county levels to do a little bit more. Let's talk about, for instance, um, my partner in crime, Jeremy Schwartz, 
he did a fantastic job and we saw it at the end about going out and training about community lifelines mm. and in this exercise um community lifeline situation report was developed and utilized and he was beyond thrilled super happy big old smile on his face like that cheesy jeremy schwartz we love him smile <laughs> because of how well they understood the process and why it helps and how this new piece this new thing as to your point john em's changing might not be how it was back in the day and it's pushing towards this this newer community whole community type of approach and um he was super thrilled about that. So I definitely want to say good job, Jeremy. <laughs> he did such a great job doing that training. So hopefully, hopefully that answers the, the, the question that you're looking for. It's just that yeah. there, there's a definite need for training, but I've got such great folks here and, and they are willing to learn um, and they see it too. And they're willing to get better. They understand that training and exercise only helps us grow. It's nothing. We're not judging and grading the players. We're, we're looking at the process. And how can we make it, at the end of the day, easier on that emergency manager to do their job? So, yeah, that's kind of what I what's running through my mind right now. The I have to do a nice little shout out. Um, what a proud moment. Um, during 2017, Hurricane Harvey, which I've probably talked about most of my episodes at this point, probably, but Patrick McGinn and I, and really led by Patrick McGinn, who's been on the show several times when we were in FEMA, uh, utilized community lifelines uh, really for the first like type one incident. And I'm, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but it might be really truly the first disaster they were used at in both situational reports and in. Uh, just tracking where we were in the disaster. A lot of effort by Patrick, and uh, I was supporting him in that effort through GIS. And it, it, was, it was a really great moment to go into Indiana several years later, or a few years later, and being like, oh, Community Lifelines, Situation Report, seeing up on the screen the EOC, mm -hmm. and watching. I, I, I'm, I'm all in for community lifelines. I think it's a great way to look at metrics of, are you actually being successful? Are you able to get the systems back online to get people operating in a, in a normal or, or recovery uh, life cycle? And so like when you're looking at that, it's like, oh, this is like, again, great for Jeremy Schwartz uh, for, you know, taking that and throwing it into the state and the state running with it running with it very hard in fact again i was impressed what what i was seeing and um again it's just cool like this this almost like this baby like this uh, the special thing that i got to see from from patrick and team being being moved into places like indiana again great great emergency managers in indiana and i would hope that that would be a model for other emergency managers who are looking uh to be able to implement it as well so uh, with that, though, I, I need to call something out because you're working at a campus now yes. and community lifelines. There's definitely elements that can be used at, a, at an organizational level or for dynamic populations or whatever you want to call it, uh, enterprise emergency management. How would you implement community lifelines into a, like a like a facility perspective of EM? Well, funny you should mention that. Um, because 
obviously I was there at the full scale, uh, but so was, as everybody has heard from Debbie, um, and then so was my immediate supervisor. Mm. And so they were, I asked them to come in to help evaluate the EOC and they were able to see firsthand the community lifelines, how it works, how it could work, maybe how we can do things a little bit differently. Uh, and they were thinking, looking at me, like, how do we get our hands on that? <laughs> mm. So um, I suspect we will be seeing that in the very near future um, and having some discussions on that very thing. We're going to move from the ESF world, likely to a community like in the plans, likely to a community lifeline and maybe tweaking the situation report a little bit. Um, we are reorged quite differently um, here on a university than, and I'm still getting, trying to get used to it. I've been here for a few months, but it still is, is a bit, still trying to <laughs> wrap my head around these changes. But the, the simple fact that, you know, the university director sees the value in it and when they both looked at each other and then look at me and say, oh, this is something we can do. This is something we should do. Um, I'm not entirely sure how they'll divvy it up, so to say. But I, I can see it just kind of, I mean, the hazmat could be EHS for us, the health and environmental services. Mm. Um, since we are right smack dab in the middle of the city, in the middle of the state, you know, we a lot of the things that will be happening just on the other side of our border are will be happening here too, because we have major thoroughfares that come through mm -hmm. our university. So road closures, banks, um, all of the things that help our students live their lives and then stay safe are the same things that are going on just feet behind this wall here. So yeah. I imagine there'll be some sharing and networking of the county level here, which again is just that way. Um, and IU coming together and seeing how, because I do know that the county is also interested in using those community lifelines as well. So I imagine we'll be partnering up, which of course, you know, I, I love that part, but I, I'm not entirely sure what they above me have in store other than i do know that we are moving towards that community lifelines realm okay so i love what you had to say but i'm going to make one small correction if i can because we're we're good friends we're like besties <laughs> when i think of community lifelines versus esfs or emergency support functions i look at it because for for a while i actually was thinking oh there this is like moving this is a new branding i used to call it a new branding but then I then I was corrected by somebody else, and, and I started to look at it a little bit differently. So when I think of emergency support functions, I think of all the players who are trying to impact the community lifelines. Mm -hmm. So, for example, ESF-9, search and rescue. That's not a community lifeline, right? The community lifeline will be restoration, right? So if, you know, of utilities or schools, right? So if we're looking at, so they, they're not one or the other. We, we should pair them together. Emergency management is an ESF. Uh, fire police EMS is an ESF. Utilities is an ESF as the player. But as the system of community lifeline, how do we how do we make sure these mm, match together? Kind of doing one of these. Yeah, exactly. It's just a better way to look at the metrics. 
are the players impacting the community the way that we want to impact the community? Interesting. Right? When you, when you, when you have a, an initial incident, and I can use a tornado, for example, Indiana, right? Everything should immediately be red. We should assume it's red. And as we get situational awareness from our players, those can start to turn yellow into green. And so that's the way I look at it. I'm sure other people might have a different perspective, but I think that's kind of the, the way I look at it. And the reason I do that is because when I think of my definitions for emergency services and for emergency management, uh, uh, emergency support functions, i.e. functions that support emergencies, therefore emergency services, your ESFs, ESFs, protect the life, property, and continuity of operations. And then you have the emergency management piece that's the strategic coordination of emergency services, i.e. looking at all the ESFs and helping out that those community lifelines. At least that that's the way I look at it. And I, I would hope that- uh, I can definitely see, um, I can definitely see your, your point there. So I'll be, it's above my pay grade. But I don't. I nothing, oh, nothing's above Jessica's pay grade. <laughs> oh you walk into the White House right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, so. No, I would get taken out quite quickly by all of their. Kids. I don't believe that. No. <laughs> but I do see your point. One hundred percent, I see your point. So, and I would imagine, maybe, perhaps, there will be something like that that happens here as as IU goes. Go, I mean, we're trying to go with the flow too and trying not to get stuck in, in the, our ways and, and things like that. There's always a new way to do things better. And mm. at the end of the day, that's why we all talk to each other. So <laughs> I'll be super curious to see yeah. how that, how that would work because I can see your point. I can definitely see your point. And of course, you know, if somebody asked me, I wouldn't tell them. <laughs> but so yeah. far no one's asked <laughs> so like if, but if i was going to give it a couple examples of maybe like a campus because there's there's definitely a, a lot of emergency managers here here who work at universities mm -hmm. just as a hypothetical like my quote-unquote esfs might be you know the school administration i.e your legal authorities sure. you might have a maintenance would be a major player uh you have your first responders obviously emergency managers uh, your, you know, your, your, your labs, um, all those people. And then the community lifelines would be, it'd be really focusing on continuity of operations, right? So all your negative 80 freezers, i.e. your labs, uh, your research labs, are they up and running? Are your student populations able to go back uh, into the facilities? Are they being taught? And so you can look like, oh, our class is happening. Yes. Community lifeline, check. And mm -hmm. so you can take the, the model and apply the players to the systems and kind of go back and forth. But uh, yeah, in fact, uh, training and exercise design, whatever that may be, you know, you have an amazing opportunity to go through there and quietly in influence so many different people in their perspectives. Mm -hmm. and so I, again, nothing's above Jessica's pay grade. That's <laughs> So. <laughs> oh, oh, John! <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh John! John. <laughs> My voice is dying over here. Um, oh. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're wrapping up here. Yes. Um. In, in our uh, conversation, for final thoughts, Indiana's exercise, ARs. What would you want emergency managers around the country to learn from your experience? So when they do this, they can also knock it out of the park. 
I would say really taking a hold of that integrated preparedness because the evaluators that we brought in that were from the, the southern regions that weren't being exercised, they were exercised with us during the tabletop and functional. So they also received the LSA, CPOD uh, training and things like that. So we were able to bring in in-state experts to, to kind of come together and say, well, based on our training, I, you know, maybe tweak this, maybe tweak that or leave it alone. Yeah. Um, but always remember that we are not evaluating you. We are evaluating the process. And it's okay to make mistakes. I'm not saying make them on purpose, right? But it's okay to make mistakes because if we develop an exercise and nothing happens that we don't have a plan for, then something's not right. And yeah. and that's okay. That's okay. Uh, but the camaraderie of we're all in this together, we're all in here to make it better. Um, and we're all, we've all been on the same page for now three years was really, really helpful. Yeah, I love that. I love that takeaway. In fact, that would that'd be probably my biggest takeaway is, is you you had this process. You didn't feel the need to change the exercise. That's really important for me. So many people want to do like these lightning bolt exercises where like the hurricanes here. Nobody expected the hurricane to show up. And you're like, wait, what? Like, I, I like the idea of getting better and refining and refining. And I love the idea of and one of the ARs of possibly more trainings because it is a lot amount of time is a big time. But all those things that you're talking about, operational communications, training, testing this out, trying, you know, doing tabletop exercises, the whole deal, and, and including those players in that, you know, your stakeholders more or less, mm -hmm. gives everybody an opportunity to become better and better and better. And it's not so much about the exercise specifically, but it's about the process of becoming exactly. a, a better emergency manager. My so motto is don't be afraid of the pause X. And we took way advantage of that. If we see it going down a road, it shouldn't. Don't be afraid of the pause X and we can mm. fix right there. Real world, real world, real world. I always hated saying that because I like I start to go blah, 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 you know, <laughs> but maybe playing pause X, pause X, pause X. I don't know. But OK, so Jessica, again, thank you so much for coming on the show and for talking to me. Thank it's you for always having a pleasure. Me. It was so good to see you, John. Thanks for coming out to the state of Indiana. Hopefully we'll see you soon. You definitely will. Everybody, if you like this episode, you got to do a couple things for me. You got to make sure you like and subscribe. I think we even have a button on the screen. Make sure you follow that. Uh, check us out on social media. If you have thoughts about exercises, if you have thoughts about ESFs versus community lifelines, I'm sure there's going to be lots of discussion there. I'm sure I'm going to get some emails. Put it in social media. Disaster Tough Podcast. Make sure you check it out. We've been talking a lot about exercises and design lately. We've been talking about helping out different people. And it's not about the scenario, but it's about becoming an emergency manager, an enhanced emergency manager. If you want to hit the next level in emergency management, check out Emergency Management Response for Dynamic Populations. It's a certification that you can get to make you an enhanced emergency manager. It's August 1st through 5th in Atlanta, Georgia. I think we have a couple spots open. We also have a group option. So if you have a group of emergency managers from your town or from your location, hospital, whatever you you name it, and you want to become better, check out Dynamic Populations Attack of the Stadium, August 1st through 5th, and we'll see you for next week. <laughs> <laughs>